Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back. Let's go right to the phones. Uh, you know, I've got to really watch this gentleman's career blossom. I remember when he was a guide trying to build his business, and I thought I could give him advice. Turned out he knew more than I did. Um, and he's become one of the most prominent uh, people in the industry, especially in this part, and a great resource for this show, Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Terry, good morning. I tell you what, we are starting the year off with amazing introductions. I uh, I don't know if I'm excited or scared of what the rest of the year is going to bring, but uh, I appreciate yeah, it. You know, with that said, uh, I've looked up to you, and you have definitely been that lending hand uh, in everything I've done in my career. So, again, uh, I, I appreciate you for your partnership and friendship, for sure. Well, thank you so much. I understand you have a special guest with you, too. I do, Terry. we got a lot of stuff going on. I am here actually at a big corporate event right here on the Front Range Catching Fish, and we are a week away uh, from our final event. And it's not just our final event. It's probably our favorite and largest event. It's the Colorado Cabin Adventures Ice Addiction Event at Grand Lake. Um, you know, when you talk about venues, a lot of times the venues make the event. Uh, and I'll tell you what, there is nothing better than literally walking out of a coffee shop with a, with a hot cup of coffee, walking 100 yards and stepping onto the ice and getting into a tournament. So Grand Lake is a special place. The fishing is good. And the title partner, the guy bringing the $7,500 cash prize uh, is Colorado Cabinet Adventures. And I have Seth on from Colorado Cabinet Adventures. And, yeah, we just wanted to talk to people, tell them what the conditions are, uh, you know, hype it up. And, and I'll tell you, we are a go, and we are looking great for next Saturday's event. Hey, so what's happening, guys? This is uh, Yosef, resident manager, Colorado Cabin Adventures. First, thanks for having me. Second, uh, as Nathan said, we're a week out and super excited to be a part of this. Uh, my wife and I, Cricket, here, are ready to offer all the hospitality and you know warm greetings and make sure we can be a good part of this. Our location is ideal for anything that's going on right here in the heart of the Rockies in Grand Lake. We're three and a half miles from downtown Grand Lake, right off Route 34. Uh, easy access to the lakefront, the river. We've got 13 cozy, comfortable buildings here. North Fork of the Colorado is right with us. Uh, National uh, Rec Area Pine Beach is right behind us. And uh, we're really looking forward to being a part of this and having people on the property. You know, It warms our heart makes us happy. You know, Seth, I've missed Grand Lake. But I've fished Grand Lake a few times, mostly in the in the summer, a little bit in the winter, and it's it's I think it's one of only a couple natural lakes in Colorado, and it's when even though the town sits right there, it's such a remote, beautiful setting. I mean, it's 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 like a calendar picture when you look out at the town from the lake, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm going to agree with that. I haven't seen anything quite like this. Um, uh, I, I don't do a whole lot of ice fishing myself. I'm still a beginner. I'm learning. But being on the ice and seeing the snowy peaks, uh, it, it's absolutely beautiful. It's majestic. And, and it's a good thing that the, the ice is in good shape. It's not slushy. This tournament's going to go off without any hitches. You know, and, and the fishery, I think, is overlooked a little bit as far as opportunity. I mean, you want to just go catch fish. The lake trout population there is phenomenal. And like we said, you can walk 20 feet offshore right behind town and have a phenomenal high-number catch rate day on Lakers. But it also has rainbows, browns. Um, and I'll tell you, there are some big fish in there. It's a total sleeper for some of the larger lake trout. So, uh, yeah, awesome opportunity. I think I, I have to jump in because you talked about it. In years past, we have always dealt with extreme slush. Now, our team grades the course. So the past, you know, four years of being at Grand Lake, 
we have had to go up there with snowmobiles, churn the ice, you know, drag chain link fence, and really pull the slush up to freeze so everybody's comfortable. This year we had early snow, and it was a lot of slush early in the season. And really in the last 10 days or so, everything is compacted. I walked out there the other day in cowboy boots. Uh, when I was up there just visiting the town real quick, I was getting ready to throw on my boots, and I said, it doesn't look very bad, uh, and ran out there, and the conditions are phenomenal. So we don't have to deal with the slush and the water and the deep snow, um, so the conditions are great. Fishing is great. The forecast for next Saturday is great, um, and I think it's looking good. And with that, I know that, you know, Seth, you talk about the ultimate host in lodging, which they do have, I believe, just a couple units left. Um, so if you're coming to Ice Addiction, you still need a place to stay, uh, you've got to check it out, Colorado Cabinet so can keep that in mind because they do, I think, have one or two spots left. So jump on board with that. But you talk about the ultimate host. They're doing all kinds of bonus stuff. So this week, everybody will get an email, and you'll see it on Facebook. But if you stop by Colorado Cabin Adventures on your way to Grand, which you cannot get to Grand without passing them, like it is on the highway, you stop there. We're giving away custom jigs. So you can pick up a custom-colored jig that is exclusive to Colorado Cabin Adventures. So you can get a custom jig. We're giving out some specialty um, and they're also have the opportunity to win some bonuses prize. So if you have this custom jig with you, when you weigh a fish, we're going to be giving away a brand new electric $600 Jiffy ice drill. You don't even have to catch the fish on the jig. You just have the jig with you. It's like your ticket to win. So they got bonus prizes, custom jigs, bait for you. And I've also heard rumors that they're going to be passing out fresh baked cookies uh, on the ice. So you talk about the ultimate host just in ice addiction, let alone, you can't even imagine what it's like staying at the cabin. So I just had to give a shout out because we work with so many partners uh, and to see a, a group of people so enthused about the outdoors uh, and working with people, it's, it's unbelievable. Seth, you know, why don't guys, you give us a quick, quick, why don't you give us a quick, what Colorado Cabin Adventures is like? Describe your facility. For sure. Well, we've got a boatload of a room here. Uh, these buildings were built in the 1920s and 40s. Uh, we actually have a building here that was brought from the National Forest Service. The entire unit moved. Um, we've got a big, big courtyard, uh, grassy area, playground for kids, lots of room. Uh, we've also got a cement patio that's got, you know, tables and an awning. We, um, we do, um, you know, special events, big groups, um, family gatherings, all of it. Lots of space, um, super cozy. There's a lot of room here as well, so it's it's nice to you know have the cozy comfort, but also have your your privacy as well. So, um, lots of, and of course we're right on the North Fork of the Colorado River, so that river puts you to sleep at night. It's magical. You know, I got one last comment that Seth, you really showed. I'm just your growth and in intelligence by not dumping some of these questions on your wife like you did last time. You really, you really, really learned. I knew that was going to come back to bite me, but uh, <laughs> she's busy right now. She's making all those, all those darn cookies guys. She's, she's going to make 800 cookies for this event. She's an absolute machine and I, there's no way I'd get this done without her. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. So everybody, if you're listening to this, again, you have to sign up, get signed up for Grand Lake. Registration closes Thursday at 8 p.m. Again, everything is set. And as we always say, if you're a brand new angler, it's just for the first time listening to the show and thinking, hey, I should try ice fishing. Again, the, the ticket to ice addiction gets you in. We drill the holes. You don't have to worry about an auger. And with that, we will loan you gear. So if you're a first-time angler, let us know. We'll loan you a rod, tackle, everything you need for the day to get you started. So if you're listening here, there's no better way to get started. We're going to cater to you. We're going to help you out, get you all the gear, uh, and it's a great opportunity. But most 
most importantly, you're going to have the chance to meet Seth in person, try out these cookies uh, and all the stuff next Saturday. So, again, I tell you, every year we look forward to it the most. It's the last event uh, and hands down our favorite event of the season. So we're pumped about it and we'll see everybody Saturday. Uh, and Seth, give us one more time and give us your contact information so people can get a hold of you. Okay, Colorado Cabin Adventures, 970-509-0810. ColoradoCabinAdventures.com is where you'll find us. Facebook and Instagram as well. So if you have questions, you need any info, need help with something when you're up here, let us know. All right. Thank you, Seth. You're welcome. Thank you for your time. All right. Perfect. So, Nate, this sounds like such a great place. I'm going to have to go stay there this summer and bring my boat. You have to, Terry. You know, I actually pulled in. You know, they take these historic cabins that have all the history and all that stuff that we all love, and then you kind of throw in the fact that it's all, you know, they, they modernize. You got all the TVs and all the, you know, essentials that we all look for in that lodging. And I was literally sitting there. You look out the window, and, you know, moose are walking down the river. The river you can literally cast to from the deck. Um, so you have the, the tranquil, you know, kind of atmosphere of on the shore, you know, on the river, all that, but yet you're right on high, you know, on the highway. So easy in and out trailers, you know, very friendly to hunting and angling. And that's one of those things there that I think we've seen over the past, you know, couple of years and good or bad, we've seen a lot of lodging kind of modernized and they really aren't necessarily the fan of the outdoorsman to where when you pull in with a, you know, an elk or a deer, they, they really frown upon it, things like that. As with this company, I mean, they, they know it. They're like, hey, you know, yeah, we can help you out. You, know, you got to quit your meat. Just it, it's the modern kind of mix in with with really the support for the outdoorsman. So so we love seeing that. So, yeah, got to check it out. Got to stop by. Uh, it's an awesome place for sure. All right. Before we run out of time, Nate, um, what is going on right now? I've been talking all show about even though we got some cold today, we got some warm coming. Uh, we're going to start to see the angle of the sun is much higher. The daylight is longer. Conditions can change very rapidly. What are you seeing out there? You know, Terry, this is that time of year where it goes back to kind of like early ice. We are back to almost a daily basis check-in. So I'm at Bear Creek Reservoir today hosting a big corporate event, and I am sitting on 10 inches of awesome ice, rock-hard, clear ice. Uh, and we obviously got that snow last night. That snow is going to protect it for a few days through the warm spell. Chatfield, Cherry Creek, depending on where you are on those fisheries, you're about 6 to 9 inches of ice there. Um, so our ice thickness is good, but like we always talk about, we are all about ice quality, not necessarily just thickness. So as we proceed, we're just going to be watching it, see what the UV does breaking down that ice, how long we last, what the, the water flow and all that does to things. So right now it's just kind of a, a watching point. But with that being said, we are already seeing a lot of the spring fish getting a little fired up. So when we talk about spring fish, we always talk about spring spawners. So we are already seeing the walleyes migrate into slightly shallower water. The males are already getting aggressive. Females are gaining a lot of weight. We're seeing trout start to pile up quite a bit of in that shallow water and inlets. So Terry, you know, we always talk first ice, but last ice to me is one of those things that so many anglers, I don't want to say burn themselves out, but they, they really hit ice early and strong. And so many anglers give up by now. They're sick of the cold. They're sick of the ice. And they're waiting for open water. But as far as opportunity, I catch my biggest fish of all species and have some of my best days on the ice in spring. And we are just starting that phase right now. So mountains and front range, even like your Chatfield, we're seeing big trout in shallow water. Obviously, a front range, you know, Cherry Creek, Chatfield, we're seeing those walleyes getting very aggressive. Um, so really, things are looking great as far as fishing in the front range. The biggest thing is how long it'll last. So we'll, we'll kind of keep everybody updated week to week. Right now, we're pretty good. We'll just see what the 
forecast does. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would definitely say why the opportunity is here. Take advantage. Catch some fish and, uh, and get out there. We talked earlier in the show about how the open water, when the ice first recedes, can be tremendous trout fishing on the front range. But it's the same thing through the ice, like you just mentioned. I think, you know, we're going to see good ice up in the mountains. We're going to see changing conditions down here. But if you have to be extremely careful and check things out and make sure that you're, you keep your spud bar with you, check that ice because that honeycombed ice can be worse than, than anything. And there are springs. The other thing, we've got water flowing in already to some of these places and that can change things. But all that is also adding oxygen to the water and that's getting the bait fish active. That's getting the bugs active. You mentioned the spawn. The whole lake is like coming to life. And a lot of these fish, even though it's been ice fishing, haven't seen a lure all winter and they're aggressive. Absolutely, Terry. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I was watching these walleyes come in the other day, and you know, we've been fishing them so hard for a couple of weeks, and you know, they they come in, and so many fish. I'm just used to looking at it, and you know, really having to work them over. And just in the last really two evenings, like Thursday night especially, um, I mean, these fish were coming in hot. They were coming in. There was no looking around. They were hammering the bait. So we see that aggressiveness absolutely come there. And I do think that's one of the big things too of understanding our reservoirs. As the water is coming in, um, so many people will say, "Okay, there's an inlet there. Let's be careful of the ice." But as water comes in, they are going to start running basically the dam or the outlet to, you know, maintain that water level that they're looking for. And honestly, I see the exit. So the, you know, that your transition points where the water leaves the reservoir, when they turn that on and water starts flowing more out the outlet, that creates a lot of underwater or under ice current. And that's where I see the most ice deterioration. So like at Chatfield in front of the tower, everybody's worried about the South Platte Inlet and the Plum Creek Inlet, when in reality, all the channel edges near the tower, it starts sucking that water out, and that really eats it up. So as we approach spring, whether it's on the front range or the mountains, uh, again, I encourage people to get out there, but just think about what you're doing. Think about channel edges. Think about current, uh, and just check the ice off. And again, it's one of the safest sports out there. Uh, Just use your head, keep up on top of the ice conditions, um, and have some fun out there. And this condition we're talking about, well, the walleye will be mostly the front range, but the trout, the big trout, and even the stalker trout, we're going to see this phenomena of last ice, which this hot bite, uh, hot bite and the rainbows trying to spawn on the shore. That will work its way up the hill so that this is something for the next month or more. You, it may not last that long on the front range, but maybe next time you'll be up at you know, the next level of lakes, just up the mountain a little bit, and yep. then the next level up. And you, this can go on. You can get another six weeks of just incredible fishing out of this. I, I agree. Right now, your inlets, your boat dock bays, where these fish were stocked, we're fishing shallow water, less than eight feet, using a lot of rattle baits, larger tubes, bigger profile baits, and we're, you know, hammering these fish. And again, you know, Chatville will last another week or two on the ice, and right when that's done, you start looking at your 11 mile for pre-spawn and spawn fish, and Antero, uh, you know, the buttes and all that type thing. So just take that same pattern that you built, walk it right through the elevations of the fishery, and you're going to have some great fishing. And again, you want to talk about big fish. This is the time where we start seeing those big rainbows for sure. And big walleyes. We're out of time, yes. my friend. How do people get a hold of you if they want to take part in some of your events? 
Absolutely. You can always go to our website, Tightline Outdoors. Just click on Ice Addiction. Again, tickets are open until Thursday evening at 8 p.m. As always, jump on our Facebook page. We're doing a lot of educational videos, ice conditions, uh, as well as a lot of information about all of our events. So just search Tightline Outdoors. We'll take you to Facebook, the, the web, or anything like that. But just search Tightline Outdoors. You'll find some information. Uh, we are also now booking up all of our open water trips. So I will say, much like tackle is in supply and demand, um, our summer trips are a very limited date. So if you want a guide trip with us, Think about jumping on board now and getting signed up. Just uh, word to the wise. All right, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Talk to you soon. All right, Nate Zielinski. We're going to take a time out. We come back. The folks from Jack's are going to join us, and we're going to talk about, while you've got time, get a kid out on the ice. There's going to be nice weather, good fishing opportunities. What a great time to go out and spend time with your kids. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. Listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Now, speaking of Jack's, let's go to the phones. And joining us from the uh, outdoor gear store in Lafayette is Mike Krieger. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Terry. It's good to be back. Well, it's good to have you on. And uh, I heard you guys got a little more snow than we did. How'd you do in Lafayette? And I, up here, we just barely got a dusting. Well, we got probably three or four inches. It just sort of kept coming. It was beautiful flakes, big, big flakes to start with, and then the little tiny ones to finish off the night. So, yeah, we had a little bit of a frost, frosty morning. Winter is hanging on, and that brings me to the point. We've been talking that conditions will start to change here over the next few weeks, but right now you think this is a great time to get a kid out ice fishing. You know, well, actually, you like it throughout the entire ice season. Why do you think this is such a great time to get a kid out? Well, it's, it gets them out of the house, and that's probably number one, because they're cooped up a lot of the time this time of year. Two, it sort of lets them, uh, lets you enjoy work being with them and doing something that hopefully you'll both eventually love. I mean, you're just grooming your new fishing buddies. And, and it really is a time when the camaraderie becomes easy because you can be right next to each other. And, and as we get into spring, there's going to be some good ice, but yet some warm weather where the conditions are pretty favorable and actually comfortable, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. I was just on Cherry Creek a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, I mean, there were seven inches of ice. I don't like to do anything under six. But uh, seven inches of ice, I'm good. I caught a couple of uh, random fish in a couple of hours that I had to spend. And, I mean, there's, you know, there's people that are going across the ice, and they say, hey, you having any luck? And you sort of share with it whatever, you know, you're doing. And um, they you know, might ask them for a favorite spot if it's a place, because I don't usually fish the same place twice, hardly ever. But, um, yeah, it is great camaraderie. Cause, I mean, ice fishermen are a different breed. I mean, when I, I work in the fishing department here most of the time, and about half the people say, no, that's not me. <laughs> the other half are like, oh, you too? So it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a real fun so what are some tips or some give us some tips i'm i'm gonna take my kid out ice fishing the first time expose them to it how old do you think they have to be and what are some of the tips you have for people well i'm hoping this this will be the first winter i'll take my granddaughters out my two older grandsons 11 and 9 we, we go out once a year and we uh two years ago we had a lot of fish last year we got skunked and anyway, my uh, granddaughters are uh, good. They're both seven and we're, we'll get out there. And again, I just have to remember, we're not really fishing. We're doing what they want to do and then adding fishing to it. So I'll, I'll bundle them up. I'll do a lot of research on where I'm going. 
making sure there's bathrooms nearby, the, the, where we're going to fish is not too far from the car, so they can run back and warm up if they need to, or if they if it gets really warm, they can run to the car and put their coats away, or, or just whatnot. You know, just make sure I, I make sure I bundle them up, make sure they have gloves, you know, a hat, absolutely. And um, you know, it's just it's going to be like a, a snow day, really, where you're you're. It's basically in their mind, you're you're playing with pop pop. But in my mind, I'm getting about maybe 20% worth of fishing in and then 80% just playing with them, which is always a blast. Well, you know, and that's a great thing to set their expectation. First of all, kids don't have a long attention span. And so if, if there's action going, they'll stay to the fishing. But if it isn't, they want to run around. They want to do other things. And you shouldn't discourage that. I'm glad to hear you say that. Another mantra we've always had when we're taking young kids out fishing is we leave our rods at home. We, we don't take them fishing with us. We take them fishing. I think that's so important. Right. Uh, the first time I took my, my two older grandsons with me, I got a little frustrated because I, I wasn't sure what to expect. We were up on uh, Criley Pond up in the Golden Gate Canyon State Park, and it's a place that you had gone in one of your videos, which is why I went. And uh, uh, we had, I was fishing along, and we caught a couple fish that day, I think. But it was one of those beautiful winters where there's lots of wind, so there's a bunch of big drifts. So I'm talking like three-foot-high drifts. So they uh, they were good to fish, uh, and I usually say for every year they're old, you got about five minutes before their attention sort of, you know, keels over. So with my seven-year-old granddaughters, it's going to be about 35 minutes before I have to, you know, get creative, and I'll, you know, add some fun to it. But anyway, my grandsons were, they saw those drifts, and they, they just, they saw instant snow caves. So they, you know, we fished for a little bit, and then they just sort of dug out their little caves, and they had a blast. You know, I got some good pictures of them doing that, and then I could go back and do a little fishing, you know, check on my jaw jacker and my, my little setup, and then go play with them a little bit more. And it's, you just, yeah, like you said, you just lower your expectation. It's, it's more about having fun than, than doing serious fishing. Yeah, you want them to come away with that. Going fishing is a good time, whether you catch fish or not. And obviously, as they get older, they're going to start developing expectations and want to catch fish. Uh, where are some of the places you like to take kids when you're going uh, ice fishing in particular? Well, with my grandsons, we've only gone to Criley. I mean, because it's one of the higher elevation lakes, and it's it's uh, it's up in the uh, Golden Gate Canyon State Park. So it's it's only probably door to door. It's about an hour, and it's uh, though it's technically in Golden, it's way above above Golden. So it's about you know thirty forty forty minutes of windy road to get up there. But once you get up there, it's just, I mean, the air is crisp, it's clean. Um, there's one time we saw, I think, some, uh, some, some uh, ra- uh, not big orange sheep, but the uh, Rocky Mountain goats, the mountain goats. And it's always fun. You never know what you're going to see when you get up there. Um, St. Grain State Park, if the ice is safe, and right now I've had people say there's five and six inches there. And with a good cold night last night, it should be good today. That's nice because there's, uh, you know, there's bathrooms there. My favorite lake's right by the bathrooms there. Um, they stock those lakes with, I think it's 200,000 rainbows every year. So, you know, unless you're in one part of the lake where there's no fish, you're gonna, you're gonna come up with something. Um, those are my two favorites. Georgetown's usually good, but it's, it gets so windy there. And the wind, pretty much when it gets windy, you know your day's done. So, all right. You know, and I, so now if I, I want to take my grandkids out and, uh, maybe I don't know if I have enough gear or I want some gear. I want them to have maybe their own rod. So I come into Jack's. What do I have to spend to outfit them for these early trips? 
Yeah, we've got some uh, some Berkeley setups and some ugly stick setups. I mean, you can go anywhere from twenty dollars at the low end. I mean, that's what I'm getting my grandkids when when I go with them because I have, you know, the I have the high end stuff. So I don't want that stuff going down a hole if we get into a big fish. But uh, you know, twenty dollars and you can you know the sky's the limit as far as how much you can spend. But you know, getting them something that's real basic that's not going to set you back very far. That if it you know somehow it does go down the hole. Um, you know, you don't, I've never had that happen, but I had it come close two years ago on the uh, 11 mile. It was a very close call, <laughs> but, uh, I, well, yeah, I, think they like, get you. I think, yeah, I think Go they ahead. like going, this is my rod. Exactly. Yeah. They have a little ownership and that, you know, that might buy you another couple of minutes because, you know, and, and you can teach them too. take care of your equipment. Because, um, you know, they can see that, you know, when I get home from a fishing trip, I'll wipe all my stuff down and make it ready for the next trip. I don't just, you know, stuff it in a box and let it get all moldy and nasty. Well, what about some accessories? So I spend 20 bucks, I get a rod, real, does it have line on it? And, and then what about, what, what else do I need to buy? Some baits, some jigs? Yeah, we have, I usually recommend mealworms. A lot of people like the wax worms. Um, I just, I have a hard time when my hands are cold working with wax worms because they just sort of turn to mush. But the uh, mealworms have that exoskeleton that makes it easier to hook onto them. And those are great. I mean, you can use earthworms for, you know, night crawlers. Those still work. I mean, those work year round. Um, we sell a lot of minnows. You know, any one of the Jack stores has minnows, the padheads, the medium shiners, large shiners. And, uh, I mean, those are, they're, you know, fish see a fish that's sort of swimming erratically and that just is that's they hear the dinner bell so those work really effectively um yeah and then you definitely want to get a oh yeah go ahead no go ahead i'm, I'm fine the um uh, we sell a lot of sleds i mean those we have at our location we have a little sledding hill about two blocks away so I, I'm not sure that all of our ice fishing sleds get used for ice fishing. In fact, I'm pretty sure a lot of them are up going up and down that hill today. But uh, they were great for, you know, just carting the kids around, especially if you have a little one. Um, I don't know that I'd go any younger than maybe five just because they, they don't have that um, inner fortitude to sort of take the punishment sometimes that cold weather can bring or if the wind kicks up. But uh, the sleds, I mean, one of the things I like to do, I haven't done with my grandsons yet because they're a little too big, but my granddaughters will probably have little sled races and maybe set up a little track. You know, this would be like when the bite is totally off and the fish are dormant, they're not biting at all. Just sort of make a little track and just have some, um, just some fun in the snow while we're waiting for the, you know, for a jaw jacker to go off or whatever, you know. You just have to build it in, otherwise you're setting yourself up for failure. And um, I think that's equipment, probably the most... I think that's probably the most important part is set the expectation that you're going to try to do some, get them to do some fishing, but they're going to have some fun one way or another. We are out of time, Mike, but that's all great tips. And are you in, you're in the Lafayette store. Are you there all day today? I'm there all until six tonight. So it'll, it'll be dark and cold by then. So yeah, come on by and say, Hey, I had a customer last time coming and say, Hey, I heard you on the radio. It's like, wow, good. Awesome. I love that. But, yeah, come on well, in. Come on in. You know, any of the jack stores, we love helping you catch fish. Uh, we don't just sell gear. We try to get you on the fish. And a lot of people come back and say, hey, that lure you sold me was awesome. You know, a lot of times we don't hear back any feedback. All right, my friend. We will talk to you again very soon. Yeah, Terry, always a pleasure. Thank you. Mike Krieger from the Lafayette store from Jack's Outdoor Gear. Hey, we're going to take a time out. When we come back, Chad Lachance is going to join us. And speaking of gear, he's getting his summer gear ready, and he's got a lot of pointers for us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.
You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us, I believe, one of our longest continuous parts of this show. Uh, he goes all the way back to even being a guest host who filled in for me when I started traveling more with the TV. Chad Lachance. Good morning, Chad. Hey, good morning, Terry. Thanks for putting up with me all these years. Well, we created some memories, and we probably screwed up a few fishermen along the way, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be good at something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, we've been talking a lot about ice fishing, which I know is in your forte. and But we're getting to that point where things are going to start changing here very rapidly. And a couple times today, we spoke quite a bit about open water opportunities, maybe not a boat yet, but getting our gear and out there and there's going to be ice receding trout. It's really time to start looking at your open water gear, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, and, and actually we haven't quit open water all year. Horse Tooth uh, Reservoir and Carter Lake have stayed open and uh, and there's been trout to be had, you know, all year uh, without without dealing with ice, which is fine with me, as you know. But, you know, also here at Fishful Thinker, we guide, right? And so we've got a lot of guide clients lined up and a lot of tackle prep. But people don't realize how much tackle prep goes into having 10 rods ready all the time for whatever's going to happen or 15 rods. And so for me, this time of year uh, is revolves around that because, as you alluded to, things are changing quickly. And once, once it gets those first couple warm days, that's not when you want to start looking at your gear. So I like to be ahead of it so that when, uh, you know, those first couple of real nice days show up in March and we get out and get after it and the stuff's already ready to go. So for me, that starts with line and line, I think is one of the most important items in fishing period. It connects me to the fish and that's super important. And on top of it, for the most part, line is not especially durable. It's, it's known as a consumable product for a reason. Uh, anything with monofilament on it, uh, with nylon monofilament on it gets replaced on a regular basis for me. Uh, typically I'll strip those in fall and just leave them sitting there all winter with no, no line on them so that I can service the reels. But line is the first thing I'm going to look at. And even on, say, my guide rods, anything that's carrying over from last year, anything that had braid on it from last year, if it's still in good condition, uh, you know, overall, they don't have to, like, there's still enough line on there. I'll just reverse the braid on there because at the end of the day, Terry, I'm very frugal. And these days, fishing tackle is hard to come by even to some degree, and it's not getting any cheaper. So, you know, a good spool of braided line might cost you 15 bucks, but it lasts forever if you don't tangle it. So I'll take the braid off. I'll pull it linearly out. Uh, lay it on the, literally lay it on the grass field behind my house and then wind it back on the reel the other direction and expose the other end of the line. But regardless, however you want to handle your line, now's the time to deal with it. Uh, braid line, like I said, will last as long as you don't tangle it, but you still need to check it for phrase because typically it's going to have somewhere between about six and 12 carriers or, or individual filaments that make it up. If one or two of those is nicked, you've lost a significant amount of tinsel strength. And so I'll check the line thoroughly uh, and then reverse it as needed. Fluorocarbon and monofilament just get replaced. Uh, that's all there is to it and uh, very important to do that. As part of that process, I will double check the lip on the spool itself on spinning reels, particularly because you set those down on the ground, particularly if you're a bank fisherman, you set your reel down on a rock, something like that. And that lip where the line comes off the spool gets rough. And when it does so, it chaps your line. You don't even know it. And you, you get these phantom breakoffs that you don't even realize why they're happening. Same thing with the guides, the inserts on the guides, particularly if you hook your hooks on the, on the guides to the hook keeper, 
uh, check the inserts on the guides. Use I use a Q-tip for that or a cotton ball, and just take the cotton ball and jam it in there. If it catches any of the of any of the fibers of the cotton ball, then you need to probably deal with that because even the tiniest little nick in your guide or on the spool of your reel will cause you issues in the long run. So those that's the most important things I always check. Uh, from there, my reels get sprayed down with a water displacement thing like WD-40. I let them dry, and then I'll spray them with a dry lube. I'll check all the bale flips on all of them and make sure they're all crisp um, and that everything's squared away on the on the reels because at this point, sometimes that stuff is back-ordered right now. As we all know, we don't need to talk about all that. You, if you need a new spinning reel, you don't want to wait till March because you might have it till July. So this would be the time to find that out. And then last thing I'll touch on real quick, hooks and split rings. Uh, split rings are cheap, and uh, they're key. And every single year we have split rings fail. Either you've opened them one too many times and the, the, the split ring won't stay closed or potentially it's rusty. Um, check split rings. So get your crankbait boxes and jerkbait boxes out. Look at your split rings and make sure that they're not you know, in, in poor condition and same thing with hooks, relatively easy to swap hooks out. Uh, first thing I do, we'll check all baits. And, and when I'm putting the bait back in the box, I'll check the hooks typically as well. But this time of year, I go through them box by box and check every hook and split room, make sure everything's ready to go. And that's really important. Now, a couple of things I want to go back on and talk. I like you, anything with monofilament gets stripped off and, probably gets changed a few times during the, the season because monofilament has such a, once it starts getting wet and exposed to UV, it has a short life of operational ability, whether it, it loses strength. With fluorocar and with the braid, I'll go a long time with the braid. I may cut back as I see it starting to get frays and cuts them off or that I may reverse it like you did. But on the on the fluorocarbon, a lot of people ask me, they go, I know you changed the mono, but fluorocarbon isn't supposed to be as susceptible to water and UV. So even though you change it every year, do you change your fluorocarbon during the year too? And if you do, why? Not as much, but the fluorocarbon, there's one thing that fluorocarbon does not respond well to, and that's being stretched. Monofilament will stretch and return to its natural length and its natural diameter. Fluorocarbon, when you stretch it, let's say you stretch it three feet, well, it will only return to its natural length maybe 18 inches, and it will be thinner. So if fluorocarbon's been pulled on, if it's been snagged a bunch, particularly six or eight pounds, and it's been pulled hard, and I'm not talking about a fish, I'm talking about breaking off jig heads and things like that, uh, then I will change it during the course of the season. If it starts to get that look to it, you'll be able to look at fluorocarbon and see that it's been stretched because it'll have kind of a almost curly look to it. Not quite curly, but it'll get kind of a wavy look instead of being nice and linear. Or you can run your fingers down and it won't feel round. That's when you need to change it. But I agree with you as far as, uh, you know, UV or water, not an issue. Whereas monofilament, you know, we've done all kinds of tests on that. You put a spool of monofilament on the deck of your boat, leave it there for two days, it'll lose 20% of its tensile strength right away. And uh, and that's it's, most people don't realize that. They say it's fine, uh, but important. But fluorocarbon is definitely something I take care of in the wintertime. I, the, the problem with fluorocarbon is it will form memory over the course of the wintertime. Warm water will help with that, but it's hard to get it to return to its natural supple state. Now, when you're rigging rods, 
Um, let's just say for your personal fishing, not even necessarily for your guide fishing. I rig a combination of rods. My most common setup is probably some form of a braid or super line with a fluorocarbon leader, sometimes a mono leader. And then I still have some rods with mono and some with fluorocarbon. And for me, those are rods that I'm rigging for specific applications. Do you look and rig your rods for specific applications? Do you try to be more generic because you're guiding and maybe adapt with a leader? How do you approach that? I rig rods specifically for specific things. I believe that rods are like golf clubs, and I don't, I can't put a longer handle on seven iron and turn it into a driver. So for me, each rod reel line is set up, and for me, it starts with the lure. So the lure, let's say, okay, this is a jig rod, okay? So this is my jig rod. What's my best line for that? What's my best rod for that? And then what's my best reel for that? In that order, my guide rods are similar in that regard so these will be my jig rods these will be my or and those jig rods might do double duty as uh drop shot rods for my finesse my finesse jigs uh maybe i'll have a top water rod and then i'll have a bit more powerful setup that's uh or a faster rod that's a medium power that's going to be a jerkbait type rod or uh, something like that but there's still a range of things that each rod is set up to do as far as on a guide trip my personal rods it's i have one rod that never has anything but an eight ounce jig head and goat minnow on that's all that's ever on that rod and it's a very specialized setup and incidentally that one catches me typically more fish over the course of the season than any other rod i'm very specific with my tackle from from the lure all the way to the reel and like i said lure line rod then reel i couldn't i couldn't agree more and by the way i was tease people when you have one rod that catches the majority of your fish it's good chance you fish with that one a lot yes (laughs) it's the one one that the you know you tend to catch fish on what you throw right so yeah but i agree with you more i have confidence catches fish i i am i'll have a, a jigging rod set up and then I'll always have a, a worm rod for bass because you know me how much I love plastic worms for bass. And then I'll have a crankbait rod. And I think one of the biggest mistakes, and we only got a minute or two left, but when I see people hook up like a worm rod, I have a pretty fast tip on it. Well, if I go to use that to cast a crankbait, it doesn't have enough flex in it and really limits my casting distance. So you really do need to understand your equipment, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the length, power, and action of the rod is very, very important. That's something we we we've drilled into people for you know the 14 years we've been hosting Fishbowl Thinker. It's been very important that your that your rod matches in the same way that your golf club matches your shot, right? It's the same kind of thing, and uh, and it'll definitely maximize your angling, uh, no doubt about that. One other quick thing I want to touch on before we run out of time, particularly these days because of availability being a bit of an issue. One thing I look at is job lock quantities. If this is my favorite lure well i don't want to have just one of them if this is my favorite tube jig one bag of them is not going to do it now's the time of year to get them done for instance me a a green two and a half inch power tube i'll order 40 bags at a time because i'm guiding and i might go through two bags a day well if you're as an angler by yourself you might go through two bags a day as well so it's not the kind of product that's going to go bad so if you know you're going to you're going to use a bunch of a particular consumable thing like a soft plastic bait of some sort or jig heads get them now in big volume because they won't go bad and then you won't be scrambling trying to find one later in the season when everybody's bought them up all right my friend we're out of time if people want more information from you how do they find you 
at Fishbowl Thinker on Facebook or Instagram or especially our YouTube channel. We'd appreciate that. We're, of course, airing on Altitude Sports and uh, World Fishing Network both uh, on our normal time slot. So love that. And if they want to book a guide trip, they can do so at fishbowlthinker.com. Uh, get a hold of us first. I actually still have a couple of prime June days available. And, uh, yeah, so I'd love to have some guys in the boat. All right, my friend. Well, we'll talk soon. We need to get on the water soon, too. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thanks, Terry. I'm off to Florida next week. All right. Well, have a good trip. Chad LaChance, always a great resource. We're going to take time out. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. I have a few things I want to comment on, and then we'll maybe even get a comment from uh, Dan Jacobs on the Super Bowl. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. happens to be a song from our current EP that you can find. Uh, just go to any social media or streaming service and search Wickstrom and Dobreth. A couple things housekeeping before I get to my favorite procrastinator. I'm going to say it wrong. My favorite sports analyst, I guess I'll call him, Dan Jacobs. But before I get to him, go to YouTube. You mentioned if you were listening to the Jacks on uh, the best of fishing with Terry Wickstrom, he talked about fishing up in Golden Gate Canyon. We did do a show up there, and it's worth watching. It's a great place to take kids ice fishing. Small lake. you got bathrooms there. We give you lots of technique. Take a look at that. We also have something on our YouTube channel right now. It's something I filmed many, many years ago. It's on a bass pond. The pond doesn't exist anymore, but the techniques apply to fishing bass almost anywhere. But the main point of the show is we have a and I guess I can say handicapped. I want to be politically correct. But he, the gentleman that's with me lost most of his arm in an accident, and he'd given up hunting and fishing. And then he tells a story how he overcame that to go fishing again and hunting. But he used a piece of PVC pipe on his prosthetic to put his fishing rod in. And if you watch that and watch him catching those bass, it will be an inspiration to anybody who's physically challenged to get out there and not give up on the things you love. So that's on the Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. That link to that particular show is right now on my Facebook page at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. So you can go right to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And you should follow us anyway. You'd have known that... Um, about some of the guests and things we were going to cover. Uh, Landon Meyer, Mayer was on with us earlier. He's an, just a famous fly angler. You'd have known he was going to be on. We posted that on Facebook. So you can follow the show on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. Now, I want to go to Mr. Dan Jacobs. Are you there, my friend? Coach, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm I, I, uh I, I'm having trouble, and I talked to Ty about this earlier today before we went on the air. And by the way, Ty did a great job from the studio down in Denver taking care of the show while Karen and I were up here in our studio in Fort Collins. I want to thank him for that. But I don't have a rooting interest in this Super Bowl, but I'm a huge football fan. So I, I'm having trouble making a pick on it. So I'm staying off of that. I don't want a betting interest. This mm-hmm. is a game where I'm going to kind of let my – rooting interest developed during the game. Have you ever approached a game like that? Uh, yeah, I'm very similar on that front. 
because uh, I really don't have a dog in this hunt, so to speak, Terry. Um, but I, I'm kind of like, well, I don't want Stan Kroenke um, to have any success because it rewards him. And he is, of course, the owner of the Rams. Uh, he, it kind of rewards him for all of his bad behavior. So that's the only thing that might cause me to lean one way or the other. Uh, but it's, you know, two good offenses. I like, I, I actually like, um, you know, both stories of the teams outside of Stan Kroenke being, you know, kind of the, the devil of sports owners, so to speak. So there's, there's no real reason to root against either side except for Stan Kroenke. But then we got two classy quarterbacks, one who's been a veteran who's been around with who's had good statistics but hasn't really made that big win yet. And we have another one who's just bursting on the scene. So the storyline could be great for both of them. Got and they're Miller. class guys. Yeah. Huh? You got Von Miller, you know, maybe getting another oh. ring. That's cool. Yeah. And so there's a lot of storylines. I just hope it's a good game. Um, we may see a changing of the guard, but. What are you uh, cooking? I, I, what am I cooking? You know what? Bowl of popcorn and pizza. No, I don't believe that. You're going to have a glass of wine and either well, a nice lean piece of beef or a fish. What do you got? Come on. You got something cooking up. That's what no, we're we, talking we did about that. on the show. We, we're doing that over the weekend. We had some steaks last night. We got some things coming up tonight. Maybe a pasta. Maybe I'll make a, a, a fried rice. But tomorrow, going to a nice breakfast, a latte, and then settle in with snacks and a pizza. Okay. All right, my friend, I'll close this out so you can get people excited about your Super Bowl pick after this, okay? All right, sounds good. All right, that was Dan Jacobs. We'll close things out on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors so Ty can get to the station ID. Join us every Saturday from 9 to 11 right here. Thanks to Karen. Thanks to Ty. Follow us on Facebook. Follow both our music and our outdoor, Wickstrom and Dobrith and Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We'll see you next week. We'll let the Eagles take us to Dan Jacobs in sports on 104.3 The Fan.